What up, everyone? Welcome to the Code Name Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Nandi. Today, we're talking about them folks out there who, when they can no longer control you, when they realize that they don't have that power over you to stoke your ire, to piss you off, that behavior that they have been projecting toward you bounces right back and hit their ass like a boomerang. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about those type of people. Now, that's not going to include those type of people who would turn violent. I mean, that's uh, another class. of they, will, they might have those same behaviors, but we're talking about the ones who try to use their words to batter you, to leave those in- imaginary knife uh, uh, slices on you to know, you know, like slice and dice you in your mind to mess up your mental and emotional state, because that's the type of way, because they want to keep a certain image in the public when it comes to other people. So a lot of their abuse takes place mentally and emotionally. That's not to say that they won't become physically violent at some point, but a lot of them have seen through the years that they can manipulate people for longer periods when they can mess with, excuse me, that mental and emotional state. So that's what we're going to talk about here for a few minutes. I'm not going to keep you long. I also want to let you know that very soon you are going to start hearing some interviews being conducted on my podcast. See, I like talking uh, out here to myself every now and then and stuff, but I really, really like talking to other people and learning about them, uh, letting them share gems with us, their stories, because I'm a firm believer that the majority of people have a story. If you live long enough and you've experienced some things, you have a story to tell and I've, you know, I'm a reader. So in place of that reading, well, not really in place as, as, as a way to subsidize my reading and my quest for, for knowledge and intellect experiences and stuff, there's nothing like hearing the stories told. When I was growing up, that's what I loved about sitting there on the, on the front porch, on the steps while my older people carried conversations with each other. You know, people would come and they would talk to my grandmother or if it was my mom and them on the weekends, people would come by and they would talk. And of course it was adult conversations, but there was a lot you can learn as a young girl sitting there pretending to read your book with your ear tuned to everything that the adults were saying. So I've always loved that form of storytelling. So that's why I'm anxious to and excited to begin bringing on people to discuss certain topics, you know. So, of course, there'll still be the podcast where it's just me talking, but I'll also complement that with interviews where I bring people on. And sometimes there may even just be what I call a chat session, uh, you know, and that's going to be exciting for me, too. And by then, maybe I will start to really get accustomed to having this retainer up in the roof of my mouth (laughs) so that my chuz and shuz are are not so pronounced. I'm using what's called a pop filter. I don't know how many people know what that is, but a pop filter and a windscreen, I think it's called on my mic. And that's supposed to knock out some of the sounds and stuff. So hopefully that abates that a little bit because I don't want to like, you know, 
get on your nerves. But you know, if you hear that, you know, heavily, that heavy emphasis on the chuzz and the shuzz, blame it on the retainer, okay? <laughs> it ain't me. But back to what I was saying initially, why I started this particular podcast, and that was to talk about those people who, when they recognize that they don't have the emotional and mental control over you that they at one time thought that they had, they start in earnest to try to get it back. You know, they, they want it, they want to get that back into position so that they understand the relationship dynamic that you have, because they are accustomed to calling the shots on your relationship dynamic. So they'll come at you with all kinds of things that are meant to chip away at your self-esteem. You know, they'll start to tell you things that are actually true about them, about you. You know, they may tell you things like, you know, oh, you've got a, and I know what's wrong with you. You've got like an antisocial personality disorder, or you've got a borderline personality dis disorder, or you're a narcissist. You know, I was once told that by someone uh, who I was involved with. I'm not going to mention any names, but I remember this person telling me that I had, uh, that I was a narcissist because according to them, I constantly post profile pics of myself on Facebook. And now that is truly laughable because anyone who knows me knows that my pictures, my profile pictures will sit up there forever before I change them. And when you see me in public, you're expecting to see the profile picture and my hair has changed. You, you know, I might've put on a little weight. I might've even lost some weight, you know, something, but it's not the picture that you see in the profile. Even when I'm conducting my firearms classes, the majority of the time, if I do remember to take picture and video, it's up to students because there's no need for me to take pictures of myself. And besides, I don't like the camera like that. That's why I love podcasting because I don't have to make it a visual thing. I can just use my voice to give you the visual. So when that person said that, it automatically registered, oh, you're talking about yourself because now I do notice that you do post pictures of yourself quite frequently that you've had someone else to take. So maybe this is more about you than me. And I'm saying maybe, but the truth of the matter is, it's more about them than it is about you. Don't get it twisted, okay? So don't even examine yourself too tough when you know that a person like this does this all the time. Like this is like a pattern for them. It's a running theme in your interactions with them. When you can get away from them, I suggest that you do that. But if you're stuck around them, cause say like, oh, you share a child together. So you have to see this person here and there. And you, you know, and when you're in front of your children, you know, you want to act a certain way because you don't want to put them in the middle of grown folks business. I understand that. You know, I, I give kudos to all of y'all that didn't have children with them kind of people. So you don't never have to see that motherfucker again, if you don't want to. You know, now, uh, you know, it's a different thing, you know, if it's somebody at work, but again, man, I'd be formulating some type of plan Well, I ain't got to see that motherfucker again either. Y'all need to get as many motherfuckers out your life who don't contribute something positive to your life as possible. Get rid of those motherfuckers <laughs> because motherfuckers like that will cause you, like I said, delays and denials in your life. Because it's hard for you to move forward when you've got that kind of mucky shit holding you back. 
And for me, it's been such a freeing experience to release myself from the chains that bind me to motherfuckers. And that's why I have been able to do the things that I've done. That's why this year, despite what has been going on in the world, and there is horrific shit happening in the world right now. There's all kinds of chaos and stuff. Am I afraid? No, I'm not afraid. I am cautious and I do stay aware. But with all of the things that are going on, I found the time to write and publish my book. And that was the first book I've ever published. But I found the time to take that from a thought to a product. The same thing with my podcast. I took it from what was a thought. And like I said, had been a thought for years, just like the book. I took it from a thought to a product. So, and I love products. I love producing shit. That's why I have my, my handmade bath and body company, Nandi's Naturals. I love taking something from a vision and making it into a product. I have a producer mindset because in the end, no matter where we pick up our dollars and stuff, and yeah, you can make million, millions just being some type of influencer or stuff and stuff, but even those influencers rely on products. The mic that they used to talk to you on YouTube, somebody produced it and they had to go buy it from there so that they could talk to you and influence you. So producers, don't ever let anybody tell you that producers ain't shit. Producers are every goddamn thing. That college degree is a piece of paper on your damn wall. It is not a product, okay? And that's why we get hemmed up when the, when the economy starts to change and they start letting you go from jobs and stuff like that because... You mistook, you, you, yeah, you, you mistook your degree for a product. And the product is something that comes out of your hand. It's, it's that, like I said, it's that vision that becomes something tangible. And that's what we want to have. And people, like I said, the motherfuckers, they will take you off your game. They will cause you to delay and deny yourself the progress that you can be making. And since I am a producer, when I'm involved with people like that, who, you know, because they call, they can't cause you to muddy up your mind where you start slowing down your drive and shit because you don't want to overshadow them, you know, because you have this misconception about what a partnership looks like. You know, and a partnership does not require, a partnership is not where you giving a hundred percent and they ain't giving shit and you always holding them up. I saw a thing the other day where some people got mad because on there it shows this woman sitting on what some males labeled a pedestal. <laughs> that in itself is a problem because they missed the point of why she was up there. They ignored that the fact that perhaps she was up there because of her hard work. Perhaps she earned her spot up there. So on the, on the little cartoon, the little illustration, she's up high and there's a guy, he's standing below saying, you know, telling her to help him up. He wants a hand up, but there's actually some ladders, some rungs, I should say. There's some rungs that he can use to climb up there to meet her. But instead of him climbing those rungs, he wants her to help him up. But the rungs have been provided for him already, which means he can take his ass up there just like she obviously did. She climbed the rung. Why doesn't he climb the rungs? 
And there were some males. So eventually, you know, she's just like, you know, uh, you know, when he was asking for, you know, she's like, you know, I'm not going to do that. You know, okay, bye. You know, if you can't, you know, he, when, you know, because the thing, oh yeah, that's how it was. So she, he asked for help up and she told him to come on up and he said, I can't. So she said, okay, bye then. You know, because if you can't notice that these rungs are there and you can't take the same steps that I took, well, this, you can't have the same focus and commitment that I had to get up here. You don't deserve to be up there. And that's the goddamn truth. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that is the truth. If you are not willing to put the work in, you don't deserve to reap the benefits of it. I mean, that's the way this shit works when you're an adult, you know? So there were some men who got real upset by talking about, yeah, she's on this pedestal and she thinks she's better than him and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? In some ways she is because she's more, she sticks to her commitments. She had, she committed to something and she followed through on it. He was looking, I have given niggas a hand up and you know what I've gotten from it? Shit. I've gotten talked about. I've gotten used. I've gotten verbally abused. That's what I've gotten from the males because most, I, I don't know of any men who have ever told me, I need you to help me up because they were always trying to get their shit just like I was. But these goddamn males, on the other hand, and when I talk about males, I'm not talking about young males who are unable to, you know, who you have to provide for because they're young boys, they're your children. I'm talking about those who appear to be adults. And I consider them males when they appear to be adults, but they don't have the traits of manhood. The ones who are willing to sit back and allow somebody else to take. Matter of fact, it's not that they allow it. They have the expectation that to show them, to, to prove to them that you love them, you should sacrifice and you should do all these things for their betterment. And they're not doing anything to help themselves along the way. And like I said, I have been that person. And then in the end, I've been told those things, like I, I, like I said before, you know, oh, you have an antisocial personality disorder. You don't have any friends. You don't have this. If you did this, you could be a better person. If you did that, you could be a better person. No, you know what? If I had never taken up with your ass, my better personage, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. Because I was a better person, uh, I let you get away with this for as long as you got away with it. But one day I woke up and I understood that your idea of what a better person is and my idea of what a better person is, is not the same goddamn thing that I don't have to lose myself to be a better person, you know, better person. What is that? That's some subjective shit. And that's what people come up with when they want to control you to, to use you. They come up with all kind of subjective measurements, you know, and, and by that, I mean, you can never quite attain what it is that they set forth for you. But in the same breath that they can, they can, they got all this time where they can set forth things for you. They not setting for shit for themselves. They ain't moving. They ain't progressing. They doing the same old shit. And, and if you happen to meet them five years from now, 10 years from now, if they not dead, they going to still be doing the same shit because they don't have the drive and they don't have the commitment to change. And they don't want to see other people again, overshadow them, outshine them, rise up above them. And some of us, we just born to fucking rise. You know, I tell you, I was born free, goddammit. You know, and somewhere along the line, yes, there were some people I let put constraints on me and caused me to 
uh, delay myself and deny myself, but that shit is over. 50 is new territory for me. I am loving 50. Matter of fact, I was loving 50 before I hit 50 because I started treating myself like I was the worthy person that deep down I knew I was and that I deserve to be able to have the life that I want to have and that I don't have to let anybody else dictate to me and that I, I won't let anybody else dictate to me what my life is supposed to look like for it to be defined as successful. Success is what the fuck I say it is. And right now, my life is successful, goddammit. And I don't give a damn what anybody else has to say about that. I don't give a damn how crazy this person might think I am or that person. I don't give. I give like no fucks, you know. I'm at the no fuck part of my life, <laughs> you know. And a lot of us, the faster we move there. And when we say that we no fucks, that doesn't mean that we don't care about people. We do. We, we care about people. We especially, we, we care about people who care about us. We care about what happens to the world. We, ha we care about the social en engineering that we see taking place in our world. We care about shit. And that's why we do the things that we do. That's why we have the passion that we have for what, whatever endeavors it is that we get into because we do care about some shit. So contrary to what those types of people will tell you, you know, like, fuck them. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't owe those kind of people anything. They need to, that energy that they focusing on you. They need to focus that shit on themselves and you, whatever they tell you, you let that shit run off like oil and water. Don't let that, don't let it deposit itself in your heart or in your mind because that's where they want. And when you do that, when you let it deposit there, that shit festers and it grows and it poisons your system. And we're not trying to have the people who doing shit have meeting these premature demises because of all the shit that they've let be piled up on them from people like that. Get them people back their shit. Like here, you can have your shit. Matter of fact, you can't even let it come over here for me to examine it because I already know it's shit. I saw it coming before you even got here. So I headed that shit off wall of steel, you know, take your shit with you. Don't bring it here. It's not welcome here. Matter of fact, you are not welcome here. And that's how we have to treat these people. We got to start, look, man, stand up for yourself. I was just talking with a friend of mine the other day and we were talking about like good people versus evil people. And like I was, my thing is sometimes it's hard to know that a person is a good person when you sitting by allowing evil to happen. When you know evil, evil is, 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 is taking place and you're like, well, I'm not going to do, do uh, I'm not going to do anything in retaliation because that, that will make me just as bad as they are. Really? No. You know what makes you bad? Sitting on your ass and not doing anything about it. That's what makes you bad. That makes you, matter of fact, that makes you more evil than they are because you sat by and you watched bad things happen. And you did nothing to stop it in all your goodness. Like uh, Amos Wilson said, and be good for goodness sakes. You know, that's the way some people lead their life. So yeah, I'm going to give you a side eye too, just like I will the evil. When you support that evil, you know, like some of the people I've encountered over the years, like I said, who have been very abusive people. And you'll talk to some people and they're like, you know, I knew that there was something wrong with that person. And I, you know, I got that vibe. I heard things that they said and blah, blah, blah. But every time I turn around, you still hanging with those people. So it becomes hard to tell, you know, what, I mean, are you just like them? Are y'all the same people? 
You know, so you can see their behavior. Do you see your own behavior? Yeah, because the type of people that you keep company with says a lot about you. I mean, it even determines where you're going in life, the type of people that you bump elbows with. That's why I've always tried to, for the most part, bump elbows with people who had them proven their strength that I, and, and proven their ability to commit to things and see it through to the end. You know, there's so many people I know, but there's only a small circle of people that I am in consistent communication with. And if, if, if you're somebody who I communicate with, like, uh, often, even if it's just through social media, if you see that, if, if you see, notice that I go to your Facebook page and I say something that says, I see you a certain way. If I've never come on your page and said anything, uh, I'm gonna just leave that there. Okay. But if, if I communicate with you in any way, that means that there's, I think, a certain way about you, you know. But those, back to those people, and I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because I'm getting close to the 30-minute mark. And I just wanted it to be a quick thing because, you know, stuff like that, it, 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 it comes back to me and I'm reminded of it when, like I said, sometimes you have to deal with people because, you know, y'all have certain connections and stuff that you can't just um, ignore. And so every now and then, you know, you, you have, you know, you end up in the company of this person, but I just wanted to let y'all know that, you know, you put on that suit of armor and you just, anything that motherfucker is thrown at you, it just reflected right on back to them. You know, you don't have to absorb none of that shit. You can laugh, you know, if you don't trust laughing in front of them, cause like I said, they, maybe they're just, a, they're a crazy motherfucker. Laugh hard in your head, laugh that shit off and get away from them as fast as you can. So you can purge that fucking energy off of you, but don't let them keep that energy on you. Don't take that energy in and keep it and have it change your day. If you notice that when you're around those type of people, you're easily irritable afterwards you're hollering at your children for no damn good reason you're in a bad mood and stuff that tells you that that person is poison that's a toxic motherfucker and you need to stay away from from that person i i'm almost i'm almost feeling like i'm channeling bernie mac with all these motherfuckers here today but cussing i don't care i don't give a fuck what nobody say i have a vocabulary even when I can't pronounce a goddamn word right, like I said, I know how the motherfucker's supposed to sound in my goddamn head. But the thing about it is cussing is therapeutic. That shit is therapeutic. You hear me? Because it helps you get so much shit off your chest. I wonder if there's ever been a study done where they uh, studied somebody who curses a lot compared to somebody who never curses at all. Like what their heart looks like at the end. You know, if, if they shit look, you know, if, if, if it's a, if it's strong, if it seemed like it was stronger than the person who, who, I mean, cause there's a lot of people who keep a lot of things in. And I know that there are people, you know, they got that little dainty way of cursing and, you know, because they've been, you know, of course they were taught, you know, it's not proper to, you know, say it's a lot of stuff like that. You know, I've had like two men over the years and I, I know this because it stood out to me because again, I'm born free. So when somebody tried to tell me, I'm supposed to, you know, communicate what language I'm supposed to use and stuff like that. That shit stands out to me because it's like at that point you're trying to dictate my fucking life and that's not how this shit gonna work, you know. But I've had two males over the years 
tell me, oh, you shouldn't curse so much. That's, it's, that, 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 that's not nice coming from a woman. Both of those motherfuckers then turned around and cursed right after that. But you telling me because I'm a woman that I'm supposed to, it's supposed to be this different standard, you know, and that's the problem with so much of what we see in this goddamn patriarchal world in the first place is that all these standards are given to males that are not given to women. And now I'm not trying to be no man. Okay. I'm not trying to go do man shit, shit that men go do and stuff. But in the same token, there's some shit that just, we just got to call it for what it is. And it's bullshit. You know, that just like, oh, oh, he's a man, you know, he's going to cheat, you know? Okay. Even if he cheat, unless he cheating with another man, he cheating with a woman, ain't he? So you frown upon a woman going cheat with somebody, you know, she become a hoe and stuff, but he go out there and he just, he a player player. You know, that's the kind of standard shit that I'm talking about. That's just like the whole thing. Both of y'all got a job. Y'all both go out to work because you, the woman is expected that you come home and you work some more. You work with the children, you work with the household, you work with the meal cooking, you know, you clean up, you change the bed clothes. You're supposed to do all this shit when you come home. That's the expectation. And then he just come home and, and he needs some silence so he can get his mind together and stuff. What kind of shit is that? Tell me where, I want to know where does that make sense? If we both going out to work, when we come home, we should be equally responsible for the household, for the children, the pets, and every goddamn thing else in it. You know, and if, if that's not the way it works, then that's it. That's an, uh, an imbalanced relationship right there. You know, oh, and let me add to it. Once he sat down and rested himself all that time and you done did all that, when you go to bed at night, you're supposed to work some more. And if he got some type of erectile dysfunction or something, then you got to work that even more. You know, so that he can, I mean, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me not even hit on that because there are some people, I'm going to be serious. There are people, there are men who experience erectile dysfunction, uh, based on some type of health condition and stuff they have. Uh, some of those health conditions are ones that they cause themselves like excessive, you know, excessive drinking, uh, smoking, uh, you know, things of that nature. And then there are some that were caused by health conditions outside of their control. So I'm not going to even pick on men with erectile dysfunction, but I'm just going to say that when it comes to, comes to the duties of women and the duties of men in and around the household, women are expected to carry more of the load and there are more men who sit back and won't lift a goddamn finger to do regular shit in the house, like wash dishes and stuff. You know, I got to give it to my first husband. The one thing I have to give him is that we worked as equals in the house. Just like I wash dishes, he washed dishes. Just like I would cook dinner, he would cook dinner. Uh, if bed needed to be made, he made the goddamn bed too. You know, bed clothes need to be changed, he changed the bed clothes. He would vacuum, he would sweep, he would mop, you know. He would do all of that. we go outside and we would do the yard together, you know. Or some days he go out there and he's like, don't worry about it, I got that yard, you don't have to come outside. You know, he understood the give and take when it came to that type of stuff in a relationship. So we never had an argument over, you know, well, damn, can't you like pick up sometimes too? We never had, we never had that argument in my first marriage that, that never occurred. So there are men out there 
who have that understanding that, you know, hey, we both going out here and getting this shit, you know, so we're going to come in the house and we're going to try to make, you know, shit a little bit easier by both of us participating in what it takes to, to manage and run our household. But the ones that you have who had, the, especially when they had these mamas coming up who made sure that everybody ate, that everybody clothes was washed, that the whole house was scrubbed from top to bottom, who did all that shit and especially catered to the males in the house. When you got males that come up and they came up under those types of mamas, that's a problem. And women do a disservice to their sons when they serve them in that capacity because at the same time, their sons don't learn to serve them. When my oldest son was coming up, and uh, he would get in the kitchen and I, he had to cook just like we did. He would go in there and prepare meals. And when he prepared the meals, he would bring me my plate of food first. Because he understood what it meant that you serve the women in your house as well. A woman shouldn't only be serving you. He knew that I hadn't changed his shitty diapers. <laughs> you know, that I, I was the one who took care of him in, in, you know, in, in his early years that I provided for him when he couldn't provide for himself. So his way of thanking me was my mama bought this food and put it in the house to prepare. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to cook it and I'm going to bring her first plate because she paid for this food. And I appreciated him for that. The fact that I didn't have to tell him that, that he knew that that was the thing, that that was the right thing to do. So when we see our sons taking the burden off of women to, a, to a, a degree and don't come here with, well, I tried that shit and that, that, that bitch took advantage of it. You picked the wrong one. Don't be picking the wrong goddamn people and blaming everybody else for that shit. That was your choice. You made a bad choice. Eat that shit. Okay. Eat that shit and do better next time. Stop making goddamn excuses for why you can't do right by the next woman that you meet who ain't that same woman unless you keep picking up the same types of women. And then you need to take a look at yourself, fix yourself so that then you can go out there and you can choose better. You can make better choices. Okay. Not necessarily better women, but better choices. Okay. But the thing about it is if we took some of the burden off of women, we could see better from a lot of our women. So many of our women are frazzled and stressed. And so when we have males standing there, yeah, but the black man in America, you know what? The black man in America is even more wore down because his women are wore down. His women are tired. They're tired of having to be, you know, when we look at even that whole women's movement started by white women, black women, while white women were trying to get out of the home, black women needed to be able to go home. So we've been outside of the home. We've been forced away from our children for, for, for the majority of a day, only seeing them an hour or two at night. We have been out in the workforce. Being in the workforce is not a new thing for black women. Being able to come home is a new thing. And of course there were black homemakers, black women back in the day who were able to stay home while their husbands went out to work. But that was only a small percentage of black women. The majority of black women had to go work and they had to go work in white folks home and leave their own children behind. So they were there taking care of white folks houses and their children 
while their children were being neglected, their children weren't getting the nurturing and the hugs and stuff that they needed. When their mamas came home from the white folks' house, they were tired as fuck. So what children got, they got irritation and annoyance from their mamas. And they grew up into children like us. You know, so we have to find ways to take the burden off of black women so that black women can be nurturing, loving mothers to their children so that they can have time for their children. So before we even get to children, so they can have time to take care of their own mental health. So black women need that burden off and black men are going to have to step up and make that shit happen. A black woman should not have to struggle outside the house and come in the house and struggle too. So black men are going to have to do their part as well. And when you start doing your part, like I say, you will see a, be a better caliber of a black woman. When she knows that she's being protected and secured, you're going to see a better black woman. When she sees that you give a fuck about her mental health, you're going to see a better black woman. And when you see a, ba a better black woman, you're going to benefit because your mental health is going to be better too. Because for one, she's going to be raising you in a healthier environment. And that is so utterly important that black children come up in healthy, safe environments. And an environment, I don't even really have to say um, safe or healthy together. I can just say one or the other because you can't have one without the other. You can't have a healthy environment if it's not safe. You can't have a safe environment if it's not healthy. So we're going to just use one, okay? We're going to say that they grow up in a healthy environment. So whatever we, and when we bring up children in a healthy environment, we benefit from that in the future because healthy children go out into the world and they do healthy things. They have healthy thinking, which follows with the whole commitment thing that I was talking about earlier uh, when we see a lot of these people who don't have the ability to commit to things, the desire to commit to things. And so they would rather run other people in the ground than commit to uh, something themselves. Those people did not come up in a healthy home for whatever reason, whatever voids there were that were created they did not come up in a healthy home. And what they do is if you allow them in, they perpetuate that same unhealthiness in the next generation. So we have to find ways to steer them away from us, to keep them away from us, to not procreate with them if at all possible. You know, once you already have, it's a little too late to be talking about that. But if we can get it before it starts... If we can head it off before it starts by seeing it for what it is. So when you meet up with people who are always trying to, you know, little sly innuendos, and some of them are not even sly about it. Some are just right up assholes, you know, and they'll say things to you that are out of line. When a person starts saying things like that, when they have a disregard for your time, they're not interested in your life. Uh, you, you know, the only time they really nice is during the course of actually having sex with you. And that's because they're getting what they want. You know, when a, when a person don't have no care to the work that you're doing, they never ask you about your work. They don't ask you about, you know, what you're getting into, how you feeling, how's your day and meaning it. Those are people that, like I said, red flag, throw, throw a flag on the play, you, you know, 
if you have children and they never ask about your children, you know, interest goes a long way. The things that a person is inter uh, interested in. And that's another reason why when it comes to the new relationships that we get into, especially, because, you know, women, we have a bad uh, habit of this. We go have sex first and then we try to create a relationship afterwards. No, baby. For as long as you can hold out, make it platonic. Don't give up no sex. Don't have, because that's how you get to know a person. It's hard to know somebody if you've muddied the whole thing with sex. So get to know them first. Get to know how that person thinks. And if they say certain things that raise a flag, go home and write that shit down. And if you get enough red flags, like I say, call the goddamn plate. It's okay to walk away, you know, and that gives you a chance to get out of that googly eye stage, you know, where a person can't do no wrong and, you know, you so caught up in your infatuation that you can't see that this person is not good for you, you know. So keep the sex out of there, unless you're just into casual sex. And if you're just into casual sex, then don't start drumming up in your head no relationship. You know what it is. It is what it is. Y'all having sex. And, and just leave it at that. But if you actually want a committed relationship from somebody, take the time to actually get to know the people that you're encountering. And when you find, when, you, when there's something that just doesn't sit right, whether you feel it in your stomach, your head, or wherever, if it catches, usually if it's something negative and it, something negative and it catches your attention, it caught your attention for a reason. Pay attention to those things that catch your attention. Like say you're all excited, you just uh, you you just uh, had something come in the mail or whatever, you know, or something good happened with one of the children, and you're telling that to this person, and they're like, yeah, you know, because I was, you know, thinking about whether I want to, uh, like, if I want to, I want to go like skiing this weekend, or you know, head out with some of the fellas, and it's just like, did you not hear a fucking thing I just said? Didn't you hear that my son just got a full-fledged scholarship to such and such or whatever, you know? But those people, like I said, when they don't take a particular interest in your life, when it's always about what's going on in their life or what they like to do or what they weren't able to do because daddy wasn't there or whatever the fuck it was, you know, whatever excuses they come up with, but at the same time ignoring your excitement or telling you or asking why are you so excited or whatever it is, red fucking flags okay so start looking at those red flags uh you, you know because a lot of times it comes from people who are consistently doing the least because people who are actually doing a lot on their own who are self-motivated who are making things uh who, who who are climbing uh uh higher through their own work and effort those people are actually excited unless they do, you know, because I mean, they're narcissists and psychopaths and all that, that climb ladders and stuff too. So don't get it twisted. But a person who is actually interested in you wants to know what's going on in your life, what's going on with you. And they genuinely want to know that. And they don't just ask the question and then flip the script to something else. They sit and they wait and they listen. And then later on, they can even come back and talk to you about those things that you told them about, you know. So be careful with the people that you, um, that you let into your life, that you let come and try to place things uh, in your court, uh, that they might want to try to 
project on you because those motherfuckers, like I said, those motherfuckers are poison. Uh, and, and, and there's nothing good that comes from being, from taking in a steady diet of poison. We don't want you to start to experience some of the similar, uh, maladies, behavioral maladies that these people are experiencing and living with and going out into the world and trying to infect other people with. So thank y'all for hanging out with me for this, what, almost 41 minutes. Like I said, coming soon, I've got some interviews coming for you. You can find all my podcasts on my EvolvedByNandi.com website. Again, that's EvolvedByNandi.com. Not only will you find uh, past uh, episodes of my podcast, but you'll also find some of my products and services, my Lady with a Gun uh, uh, company where I do firearms training for women by women. That's LadyWithAGun.com. That's on the site my handmade bath and body uh, product company, that's 90snaturals.com. Y'all need, if you have not tried my deodorants, you owe it to yourself to give my deodorants a try. I'm talking about a, de a deodorant that's non-staining, non-irritating. Those boils that y'all used to, that blackened skin under your arms, that peeling burnt skin, the rashes, you don't have to worry about that with my deodorants. My de and my deodorants are made for high exertion people. So whether you are a planet fitness buff, a hiking buff, a biking buff, a running buff, whatever it is that you like to get out there and do, my deodorants can stand up to it. You know, I can, my deodorants, I can shave my underarms and I can apply it. And I'm talking about the roll-on, not the spray. The spray might burn you if you try to do that. But I do, I have a deodorant roll-on, I have a deodorant spray. My deodorant roll-on, it go, it might go on a white, uh, a little white, but you know, you rub it in and that white will dissipate. And that's because it contains zinc. Zinc is a good odor killer. Okay. So y'all give my deodorants a try. My book is also listed on there. My first published book, it's, Hey, it's a pandemic out there. 31 ideas to reclaim your time. That book is available on Amazon in ebook and print. I have my social conversations t-shirt line, which can be found on teespring.com. My, uh, one of my best selling shirts on there is the social engineering in progress shirt. I also have one that's, uh, shoveling shit and, and you can decide what your year is for mine is it's shoveling shit since 70. You let me know what your year is. I'll put it up on t-shirt on a uh, teespring so that you can go ahead and get a shirt with your year, whether it's since 89 or 74, it don't matter. I'll get, I'll get it put up there for you. Those, my podcast, of course, because what I tell you, I believe in products, 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 products. You know, my uh, lady with a gun is more of a service, but at the same time, I'm giving you, in my mind, I'm giving you a product because I'm giving you a tangible skill. So we're still producing something. So again, thank you so much for sitting in on this podcast with me. This is Nandi. You've just listened to the Code Name Sister podcast with Nandi.